You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. When you look in the mirror, are you blessed? When you look in the mirror, are you blessed? Today, on Words of Encouragement. We're looking at James 1, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. And I entitled this, When You Look in the Mirror, Are You Blessed? I found it humorous when I wrote that down. Uh, maybe you didn't, okay? Uh, when you look in the mirror, are you blessed? Are you blessed with what you see? I mean, are, are you looking at yourself thinking, well, okay, wow. Or are you looking thinking, oh, wait. <laughs> Either, oh, wow, or, oh, wait. Uh, have you ever not have you ever not looked into the mirror before leaving your house and i'm not, not going to ask for a show of hands but if if have you ever not looked in the mirror before you left the house you just kind of left and you thought well i'm all right i look good it's okay i'm good uh well I have done that. I have not looked in the mirror. Uh, you think, well, my goodness, Brother Craig, you put your contacts in. You, you had to shave. I mean, my goodness, you had to look at yourself. But yeah, but I didn't look at myself in, in meticulously. I did not take the time to observe what I was looking at. Uh, because sometimes you feel like you know who you look, what you look like, and you just, you're all right. You just move ahead. You move along. Uh, but I... I uh, I, I, I sometimes, I oftentimes try to look in the mirror before I leave the house. I once went, and I'm confessing to you, I once went with a hair out of place all day long. And I did not know it. I went with a hair out of place. Plus, no one who was close or loved me dearly, evidently, said anything about it. And I thought, well, my goodness, do people care or not? Um... If I had looked in the mirror, saw the misplaced hair, and went through my day, uh, that out-of-place hair is my fault. If I looked in the mirror, saw it was out of place, and said, meh, and went on, that would, be my, that would be on me. But on the other hand, if I looked into the mirror, saw it was out of place, corrected it, then my appearance would be different, and I would go on my way. The mirror, what did the mirror do? It showed me something when I looked into it. I can take what I see and do something with it, or I can look and see what it reveals to me and ignore it. I have that choice. You have that choice. You have the choice to be able to look into the mirror, decide, do I need to fix something or not, and then move through your day. You have that choice. Having knowledge is great, but what we do with it is what counts and makes a difference in our world. Now, if you are familiar with James, you are aware of the word mirror or the phrase, the mirror of God's word. And you are familiar with what is being talked about by James in this passage. So, uh, I want to ask if you are able and willing to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. The Bible tells us, But prove yourselves doers of the Word, 
and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. May God bless the reading of His Word to us and our hearts today. I invite you to be seated. Do you hear, the first, my first question, do you hear and do the Word? Look at verse 22 again. But prove yourselves doers of the Word. The word translated prove or be actually means become. Become, be doers, become doers. And my translation puts it that way. But prove yourselves doers of the word. Become doers of the word. Be that. This is a command of God to his children, a command of God to us. Be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Many Christians simply become sometimes receptacles of knowledge. What in the world am I talking about? What I'm saying is many Christians have the knowledge in their heads, but there's nothing that it doesn't move from there to the heart and into daily living, living out of the word. You know, this is it's one thing to have the knowledge, it's another thing to live it out. And we are to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Oh, I heard that. I know that. Well, we've got to live it. And that's where sometimes we break down in the doing of the word. For some reason, we can hear it, know it, and, and tell other people about it, but we do not do it. Uh, but we are to be those who do the word. We know we're supposed to love our neighbor. We know we're supposed to love our enemy. We know we are to care for others. We know we are to humble ourselves and remember that each of us has equal worth and value in the eyes of God. We know these things. We know that we are to be considerate of others. We know that we are supposed to be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven us. We know a lot, but do we show what we know? Do we show what we know? I'm not talking about talking about it. Oh, well, you know, you're supposed to love your enemy. I mean, do we show people that? Do we love our enemy? Do we love our neighbor? Do we show what we know? Do we prove that we are doers of the word through how we live? That's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. And, and really, daily, that's not a bad question to consider about who we are in relationship with people and in relationship to God himself. Truly, there are a lot of us who know a lot. But when it comes to God's word... What use is it if we simply know it and do not do it? James mentions those who are merely hearers 
of the word. They are the ones who delude or deceive themselves. Oh, I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. Good. But are you doing it? Oh, but I know it. I'm glad you know it. But do you do the word? Well, that's between me and the Lord. Yes, it is. But others will notice if you're doing the word. And so the question is, do you do? Are you a doer of the word? Many people know the word and they think that's enough. But knowing the word does not amount to the value of a speck of dust unless it is lived out. People need to see the word lived out. They need to see the love of God in action. They need to see the love of God being, uh, being carried out in front of them, in, in front of their eyes. They need to see the people of God doing the work of God. Not just talking about it. Not just, not just uh, having meetings about it, but doing it. Please, I beg of you, do not be comfortable with simply knowing the word and not doing it. You will never be a part of changing our world for Christ if you are simply a receptacle of knowledge. You know, it's, I think about our library or any library. I love books. I love books. In books are great knowledge. Sometimes there's trash. <laughs> Sometimes you've got books that are like, what in the world? Why? why? Who printed this? <laughs> why? <laughs> but, the, but there's a lot of books with a lot of knowledge that is helpful. But if we never go to the library, grab the book and read the book and obtain the knowledge therein, we won't, we won't have the knowledge. What good are we? Great to have libraries, but if we don't use them and obtain the knowledge so that we can use the knowledge... What good are they? Same with the Word of God. It's there for us. If we do not know it, we certainly aren't going to do it. But if we're just simply hearing it and knowing it and not doing it, well, there's a problem there too. We've got to do the Word. Uh, I, have, uh, I happen to have access to a wonderful computer commentary application uh, it, it, that helps me. It, it has uh, commentaries from different people and all, the, the history of you know the Bible, all these kind of helps that can help me. Uh, and otherwise, it'd be in a book, and I'd have to go in the book, try to find the book, find the book, open it up, try to find the place where it talks about them, and all the time is that is, that that takes up. And so nowadays, you've got computers; you can go and look it up yourself that way, and it's almost instantaneous. Amazing. Well, I have this access. If I never look at it and use it, then it's useless. If I never use it, why, why have it? I've got to use it. We are, if we are truly people of the book, as Baptists claim to be, then we will not only know this book, but we will live this book. We will not just know it, we will live it. And that makes the difference. That is the difference in a person's life. That's when you can point to somebody and say, you know what, I saw them. Altercation is a big word. Maybe I shouldn't use that word. But I saw them in a heated discussion with someone else. And I watched as they, as they, as they uh, held themselves back from saying something that would truly offend the other person saying something that would ruin their own reputation 
because they wanted to do what God would want them to do in that situation. And as you watched them, you saw how they handled themselves in that, and you realized, oh, wow. God, pardon my grammar, God done got a hold of that person. Amen? God, God done got a hold of that person because they're not just blasting the other person in that, that heated discussion. They're not just, oh, rah, rah, rah. You know, you know, they're not getting grumpy and gripey and all that. They are seeking to show the love of God. There is a way to disagree with someone without being disagreeable. And I tell you what, it's sick to watch people who may even claim to be Christians who just cannot nicely disagree about a topic. I mean, my goodness, can we do that? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. But, uh, but we have got to know the Word in order to do the Word. And I, and I would submit to you, if you're a Christian and you've got issues and you're thinking, well, you know, well, I, well, I just can't stand it when somebody does this, this, and this to me. I just got to let them have it, preacher. May I submit to you that you may need to go back to the book and look and see what the book tells you to do, how the book would have you to behave, how God through His Word is telling you to behave. May I submit that you need to get reacquainted with His Word in such a way that you allow it to control your life, your actions? Because there's an issue, there's a problem if we think that it's okay to, be, to just mistreat people at random. It's not okay. And if we're people of the book, we need to live this book. The book, the the Word of God is not for us to memorize and use as a weapon against others. Too many Christians use the Word of God to beat up on other people when they mess up. Sometimes it is used to correct people who are not believers or have no respect for God's Word, and they're not going to listen to that. God's Word is good for correction of believers. It is good for us. But the way it is used to correct us must be shared in love. <laughs> you, don't, you, know, you don't get a pass because oh, well, the Bible says this and I see that person misbehaving. Look, I'm going to quote this scripture and you're going to straighten up your life right now. Oh, really? Oh, that how it, is that how it works? How many of you can tell me of an instance where you quoted a scripture of somebody who was misbehaving and they immediately, oh, I am so sorry. Oh, that's so right. I am so sorry. It's rare. If it happened, if you know, if that happened, I want to hear about it. I do. Because it's very rare. Because people who are misbehaving, people who are in sin, they don't want Bible quoted at them. They want somebody to come along with them, show them the love of God and say to them, hey, I am here. I love you. I don't even have to tell you what you're doing is wrong. You know it, don't you? <laughs> you may feel like you need to say something, but you say it out of love because what are you trying to do? You're trying to restore such an one, as the Bible says. You're trying to restore that one back into fellowship. You're not, yes, you're not, you're not saying to them, well, you just need to straighten up, and I'm going to wait here till you do, and uh, then you'll be all right. No, no. You're going to love them back. You're going to come alongside of them. You're going to walk with them in that. And if you're thinking, I can't do that, well, then find a friend of that person who can. 
Because they need to feel and experience the love of God in their lives. It's living out the word. That's what it is. And you and I, we must learn to do that. But yes, it is good for correction. The Bible tells us that. But we're to share the truth in love. God's word is for us to learn and live out loud in front of others. It's not simply to be heard. And I look, every used to, years ago, when a new translation of the Bible would come out, they would do a reading of it. A public reading of it. Uh, and I think the last time it was done, it may have been done on the internet live. Uh, where they had several, just several people uh, committed to coming to a microphone, coming up there. And you had somebody, let's say uh, Joe. Joe's going to read uh, Genesis chapters 1 through 10 or something. And Joe stands up there and he reads Genesis chapter 1 through 10. And somebody else comes. And they read through the entire Bible, and they get all the way through. Uh, but they used to do that with new translations, and I thought that was fascinating because you could hear the word. And that's so important for you and I to hear the word. And sometimes we will hear that which we have not heard before. Now, why is that? Oh, I'm not, I'm, I won't say. I, I mean, you know, you know why. But uh, <laughs> when you're hearing it spoken out loud, wow, this is the word of God. Here it is. And it's so important for us to hear it because when we hear it, it can get in our minds and it can then eventually trickle down into our hearts and it becomes part of who we are and how we respond and how we live out our lives in front of other people. And that's exciting to think about. But it's got to get there. It can't just stay up here. It's got to drop down into here. There's a decision that you and I make unconsciously or consciously when it comes to God's Word. We choose either to listen and applaud God's Word when we hear it, or we choose to listen, applaud His Word, and then do it. We must show that we are followers of Christ through becoming doers of the Word. Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 13, For it is not the hearers of the law who are justified before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. There it is. Wow. Well, the hearers, they heard it. Yeah, well, but until they do it, they are not justified. Be a doer, not just a hearer of the word. Be a doer, not just a hearer of the word. The, the second thing, the mirror of God's word. Look at verses 23 through 24. For anyone... For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. Or the, the, the face of his birth, the natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Take a moment to look at that verse. Looks at his natural face. The word for us, uh, beholding, uh, beholding his face, beholding himself, uh, or looks, means to perceive clearly. The mirror, what is this mirror? The mirror is the perfect law of liberty. The mirror is God's word. And when we look intently, when we want to perceive clearly, we look into the mirror of God's word. We look into his word. We see what it says to us. Look at the first part of verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty. What is happening here? The forgetful hearer of the word is the one who looks into the word of God, the perfect law of liberty, understands what he sees, but then walks away forgetting what he saw. 
Why? Yeah, it says right there I'm supposed to love my enemy. Okay, love my enemy. All right. Okay, going through my day. Oh, there's that person I can't stand. Man, oh, I just, I just want to, oh, I just want to get, I wish they weren't alive. I just, oh, it just makes me so, oh, my, wait a minute. They saw it in the Word of God. They looked at it. They beheld the Word of God Himself, the words of God Himself saying, love your enemies. And yet, oh, they just went away and forgot all about it. We can't live like that. You and I can't live like that. That is not how we are to be. The one who intently looks in to what he sees, the perfect law of liberty, and understands it, then does something with it. The hearer of the word, what does he see? He saw what he was supposed to be like. The hearer, when looked at the word of God, when looking at the word of God, he, he sees what needs to be fixed. He sees that hair out of place. He sees what needs to be fixed and he sees it. But then he walks away and does nothing about it. He walks away and does nothing about it. In fact, in fact James says he just forgets it. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. I, did, I just go through, my, go through my day, my life. Listen, I'm not trying to be gruff, rough, or mean. But anyone who hears the word, understands the word, and still does not do it is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. I mean, I... <laughs> Our world is not going to know who Jesus is if his children keep all they know about him to themselves. They're not going to know. Oh, but brother Craig, good night. You know, this, this church right here is on YouTube. This church right here is on the radio. People are going to hear. Yeah, but you know what? They want to hear it from someone who knows them and loves them. I'm not saying I don't, I don't love them, but I may not know them. You know them. You know people I don't know. I know people you don't know. We, it, God has set it up that way so that we can reach those that we know. And that's what it takes, us getting out there and living it out loud. There's a need. There's a need for them to be shown the love of God. There's a need for concrete actions to be done in order for others to see and believe that we mean it when we say that we love them and that they matter to God. They're going to need to see some concrete actions backing that up. Our words must be backed up in actions. So who is the doer? That's the hearer, the one who hears and forgets and walks away. But what about the doer? The doer is the one who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty. He is the one who continues to do what God wants him to do. He's the one who, who, whose life is, 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 is focused on pleasing the Lord. He is the one who does not forget what he's heard. Why? Because maybe he went back and read it again. Maybe he read it again. Maybe he read it again and allowed it to sink into his mind for understanding's sake. Maybe, as we say, he got it. Because he wanted to get it. 
Because this is God's Word and God is speaking to me and I want to know what God wants me to know. I want to know what God wants me to do. And so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to look at that verse that says, Love your enemies. And it just seems so clear. Oh yeah, I know. I love my enemies. Yeah, but what, 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 let's, let's replace the word enemy with the person who is your enemy. Let's put the name of the person who you feel is an enemy in that place. And it says, Love your Joe, love your Bob, love your Kim, love your, you know, Susie, love your, I mean, you got to make it real. <laughs> You've got to allow it to be real. You got to name that and say, hey, look, this is my enemy and I've got to work on this. But the, the, the doer, the doer is the one who does not forget. The doer is the one who has internalized the word of God. It is part of his life. It dictates his actions, his behavior, how he views the world and the people in it. Let me say that again. How he views the world and the people in it. This God's word should dictate to us how we view our world. It's called a biblical worldview. We look at the world through the lens of the Word of God. I'm not saying you take this and say, Oh, when I look over in Revelation, now look, I know, what, I know who the Antichrist is. I, look, look, I, no, 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 that's not what... I, I'm saying you look at the Word of God, and when the Word of God says, love your enemies, you look out at the world and you say, okay, who is my enemy? Oh, these, these Russians? <laughs> oh, these, uh, uh, these uh, Afghanistan, the, the Taliban? You know, We look out at that. We look, we look through the lens of Scripture at our world because that's what God has given to us. He has actually given us a new pair of glasses when we accepted Him into our hearts with which to see this world with. And we look through those glasses and we see in a different way. We see people in a different way. We, everything is different. A doer is one who's internalized the Word of God. It is not, look, the Bible is not a rule book, but it teaches us who God is. It has rules in it. But we should, we, we, look, I am more concerned about pleasing God because if I please the Lord, then I'm going to do what's right. Okay? If I focus on the law, if I focus on the rules that are in the Bible, if I just focus on those, I've lost sight of a God who loves me. And I'm focusing on the rules. And I've just got to do this new this. No, no, no. I've got to follow the Lord. I've got to look to God who loves me. The God who has forgiven me. The God who sent His Son Jesus to die for me. I've got to look at Him. And as I follow Him, I will do what's right. I will do what's right because I want to please Him. So important. It's so important for us to be in right relationship with God. And the boundaries of His love are in His Word. A hearer and doer of the Word will be one who is truly able to live life on a higher plane. The hearers of the law are not considered righteous before God. Anyone can hear and understand what they hear, but, but they're not considered righteous until they live it out, until it's proven, proven to themselves that they are doers of the word. The ones who are the doers of the law are the ones who are declared righteous. So you can come to church, you can come to worship, you can, you can come and be here for years and you can hear the Word of God for years and still not be righteous. Not until you do what you hear are you declared righteous by God. So we are to do 
what we hear. James tells us in the last part of verse 25 that the doer will be blessed in what he does. Why? Because he looks into the word, the perfect law of liberty. He desires to live it, not just hear it. There's a difference. There's a difference. He desires to live it, not just hear it. Think about Jesus. Think about what he did. Think about him. He was sent to earth on a mission. He was sent to die on the cross for us. What if he had come with the knowledge, oh, I know what God wants me to do. I know what God wants me to do. Perfectly aware that we would not go to heaven unless he did what he was sent to do. What if he just just never did it? Oh, I have knowledge of what God wants me to do. He sent me down here. Mary, I got a a human uh, mama. I I, I got a a human stepdad and Joseph. I mean, I'm with these people. They're following around, you know, these 12 guys that I chose and say, hey, come follow me. And and, and it's just great. But I've decided I'm just not going to do it. He has the knowledge. He knows that all of mankind needs to have this way made for them, provided for them to go to heaven, to have their sins forgiven. And yet, what if he just Decided, you know what? I, I just, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm just not going to do it. I know what I need to do, but I'm just not going to do it. What if Jesus had taken that perspective? Ooh, that's scary to think about. What if he had just said, well, you know, I'm just not going to do that. I, I, don't, I don't feel like that. I don't want to do that. What if, with full knowledge of what God had told him to do, Jesus had just walked away forgetting it all? Tell you what, we wouldn't be here. This morning, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. We would have no hope. There would be no hope for us. I praise God that Jesus was a doer of the word of God. God told him. God's words to Jesus. You know, I'm, he, he's sending him here. He's going to die on that cross. That Jesus knew his mission. And Jesus did it. He did not just know the words of God. He lived them out. He did them. May each of us, as we look at the mirror of God's Word, not forget what needs to be changed. May when we look in the Word of God, when God says, Hey, are you doing this? Oh, well, I don't know about that now. Um, There's your decision time. Um, Okay, I think I'll work on that. Or, um, maybe God will forget and I'll go, I'll, we'll, just, we'll just go somewhere else in the Bible. Because that was an uncomfortable spot for me. I didn't like that, you know. So, let me find something that lifts me up. Let me, let me go to, uh, yeah, let me go to the Psalms and, and, and let me find something that will lift me up. Because I don't want to have to face something I may have to change. Ah, but a doer of the Word is open to being changed. And when he opens up the Word of God, sees what he needs to do, uh-oh, I need to work on that. I need to do that. I need to follow that. God's word is telling me I need to do this. Then I've got to do it. That's a doer. A hearer only says, oh, well, that is sure nice. <laughs> what, a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful thought. To, to, that people would love their enemies. That people would love their neighbor. Well, that's just that's such good stuff. I love that stuff. <laughs> you could just be a hearer. That's not what God is longing for. That's not what God wants of you and of me. He wants us to be doers. Doers living out the word, his word. We thank Jesus today that he was a doer of the word. A doer of the word. Be a doer, not just a hearer of the word. When you look in the mirror of God's word, let what you see change you into what God desires of you. Let God change you. Let Him use you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You've got a God who will help you. 
You've got a God who comes alongside of you. It's not a God that says, look, oh, 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 you need to, oh, you need to not gossip. Oh, oh, and now I'm going to have to work on that all by myself. I got to, oh, no, 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 you don't. God is not saying, go do this. God is saying, go do this, but hey, grab a hand. We're doing it together. Through, his, through the power of His Holy Spirit, He's there with you, and He's going to help you. You're not alone. God's not dictating to you, do this, do this, do this. He says, do this, but hey, I'm with you. I'm with you always. Even to the end of the world, I'm with you. I'm right here with you. We're going to do this together. You're not all alone. You're not all by yourself trying to figure this out. God, God loves you more than to, to let you wander around aimlessly trying to figure it all out yourself. God loves you. He's going to help you. He's going to, when he calls on you to change, allow him to make the change. Allow him to make the change. Allow him to help you to make the change. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, O oh God, for this day. Lord, we thank you for what Jesus did on that cross so long ago. When he came into this world, he was born into this world, and he lived a perfect life on this earth crucified on a cross killed on a cross for us was buried three days in the grave and then rose from the grave he's alive he sits with you father he is alive God I pray if there's someone here this morning that has not given their heart and their life to him Lord that they would take this moment to do so all they have to do is just ask you to forgive them of their sins. To repent. What is that? Turn away from their sins. To not do them anymore. Not place themselves in a place where they're likely to do those sins again. But to repent. To walk away. To be sorry for those sins. But to come to God and say, come to you, Lord, and say, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be in charge of my life. Maybe today you'd like to make that decision. Maybe it's time. Maybe you've put it off for too long and you've decided, you know what? I need God. I've tried it so long on my own. I know I can't. Here's God calling on you to come to Him. Would you come? Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace and for your Son, Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for words of encouragement. I do hope... I always hope and pray that these are words of encouragement for you. I tell you what, we live in a tough world. And we live in a world that is uh, sometimes not open uh, to Christians uh, for whatever reason. But I want to tell you this, it better not be because of our behavior. When we look into the mirror of God's Word, when we look into the mirror, what do we see? Do we see some things that need to be fixed? Do we see some things that we need to work on? Do we see some things that we need God to fix? If so, will you allow God to fix those things? Look, He is making you and I into the likeness of His Son, Jesus. And in order to do that, He must be able to change you. Change. Yes, change. That's, what, yeah, that's, that's one of the main things that is happening as you grow uh, to being more like Jesus, as you grow as a Christian. Change. Change happens. And it needs to happen to all of us. Will you allow God to do that in your life? Will you open up God's Word? Will you allow Him to speak to you? 
my prayer is that you will do just that. Remember, you can find us at fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and you can go online right there, and you can find out more about our church. If you're ever in the Louisiana area, uh, ever in the Winsboro area, we invite you to come and join us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. We will welcome you with open arms and a big smile. Remember, you do matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. <laughs>